You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the OTI Podcast. My name is Colin Kelly, joined on the show as always by Doug Moore. And Over the last few weeks we've had some uh, fun stories of Doug making his way home from work on the show, uh, driving in his car, different bits and pieces, but Doug, uh, no, no big uh, exciting story to tell us this week yet. Uh, yeah, no, no, um, yeah, there, there's, there's nothing uh, fun to tell. I'm, I am home and unfortunately people will just have to listen to me more than, than, uh, than usual maybe. Wow, uh, what an exciting start to the show and you can tell in Doug's voice that he's, he's really bringing it this week. Uh, you can, you can just feel the excitement in the air as we head, head towards the fantasy I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like a, um. I'm like a wheel. You got to give me some. T- I got to start rolling, then I'll get momentum. It's like a snowball effect. Just don't okay. worry, it'll, it'll all, happen. All, I promise. Using all the metaphors, and uh, I don't know if the guy that's going to be hopping on here with us now has any metaphors to describe uh, what he's going to be doing on the show today. But it's Russell Clay from Daily Fantasy Cafe. We're going to be talking a little bit of DFS with him, and really at this stage of the season, it's kind of everyone's really playing DFS. Although you can't select your entire lineup if you're playing season long, you're kind of trying to pick that lineup that can win you one week at a time as you try and get through the fantasy playoffs but it's russell clay uh russell thanks for jumping aboard the show uh any metaphors to add to uh, doug's exciting start to the show no that was that was electric doug i'm, I'm ready for him to Whoa, supercharge me and we're gonna we're gonna fire away here yeah it's just uh <laughs> I, I don't know how to how to follow that up but uh doug a little bit of exciting news uh well quite a big bit of exciting news uh monday night you were at the uh, pats game uh doing some media work at that there obviously the pats uh, getting a win and kind of started off uh quite well and they were running away with things then they decided to let the Ravens get back into it but did win the game in the end and uh, continue their dominance uh, in their division as they head towards the playoffs how was your experience uh, in Foxborough this past Monday night Doug uh yeah no it was it was a great experience um I you know this is my first time that uh I was his first time as uh, part of the media and and uh, stop stop laughing at me um (laughs) And, um, no, it it was, it was fun. You know, it was a different experience, you know, um, watching the game while, you know, just sitting with other members of the media, um, and taking, you know, another look at it, you know, not necessarily as a, as a fan, but, um, you know, as, as someone, you know, trying to evaluate a team and and try to make sense of what's going on. Um, and, you know, being able to, to be in the locker room with them after the game, you know, watching, uh, Tom Brady, you know, Bill Belichick, you know, talk post game press conferences, um, you know, just all right there in the thick of things. When you usually see it on TV, I was I was lucky to be there in person. That's that's going to be a trend. I'm going to be probably continuing as I, I transition more into uh, NFL writing and Patriots writing. Um, is going to their home game, so I, I'm actually going to be going to their uh, next home game on Christmas Eve uh, when they face off against, I believe, the Jets. So that that'll be the next time people that's can awesome. expect me. Uh, people can expect me uh, being there, and also any home playoff games as well. Yeah, and I've obviously mentioned uh, on our Twitter quite a number of times and on the podcast that for any uh, Patriots fans in particular out there, anyone just interested in the New England Patriots, uh, Doug's uh, Twitter account is definitely a must-follow. Some great information going out uh, each and every day um, over the past kind of 
three or four months as he's really ramped up that Patriot stuff that is at the Moore NFL on Twitter but uh, I'm going to do a few plugs just to get them out of the way obviously we're available on iTunes Stitcher TuneIn we're available on OvertimeIreland.com you can stream us on there plenty of ways to listen to this show obviously if you leave us a written or a comment on iTunes that really helps uh, you know get more listeners more ears aboard the show obviously every tweet and retweet on Twitter is also a great help to promoting the show for us as well and uh, to thank all the people who've been doing a great job retweeting and uh, kind of sharing the word off the podcast uh, all season long we'll be doing another OTI t-shirt giveaway this Sunday so be sure to stay tuned to the Ad Overtime Ireland Twitter feed for that but over the last couple of weeks I've been starting off with uh, you know picking a key point from the week 14 or the previous week's slate of games obviously last week being week 14 as we head into week 15 now but I'm going to let Doug go first this time and Doug I want to get uh, more so from your experience being at the Patriots game um, obviously Malcolm Mitchell with another big game a couple of injuries in this one Mar- uh, Martellus Bennett had kind of a, a little bit of a bounce back in this one but your key uh, takeaways maybe from a fantasy perspective uh, as we head towards uh, this upcoming week um, you know whether it is DFS plays or whether it is for season long any thing that you've seen when you were at the game that maybe people might have missed on the TV or even if it was something that everyone should have seen? Yeah, I, I think that the thing we're really we're really going to be uh, seeing, especially, you know, we've seen the past few weeks and we're going to keep seeing going forward, is how quickly the Patriots have trust in Malcolm Mitchell. We've seen him really take a step up in responsibility and, uh, you know, snaps on the field uh, since they lost Rob Gronkowski. Um and, you know, since Martellus Bennett got hurt and then also uh, Danny Mandola also being hurt, yeah. um, he, he's emerged into almost an every down player for them, uh, considering they're going to be they run a lot of three wide receiver sets or uh, two running back sets. Um, and he, you know, it, it looking if you look at stats wise, he, he's among the league leaders in, in, in receptions and receiving yards. And uh, he also has four touchdowns over the past four games. Um and this this isn't a fluke by any means. He he's a you know a player that a lot of the Patriots players talked about after the game that he's really stepped up as of late and uh, responded well. Tom Brady had some good things to say about him, and uh, yeah, I, I would say that Malcolm Mitchell him um, him being an every down player is not a fluke as some people may be wary about, especially with Patriots and, and drafting wide receivers, their history with that. And just how wishy-washy it can be with their lineup formations and stuff like that, where we've seen that years past. I would say that's probably the biggest takeaway um, with that. I would also just throw in there with with Chris Hogan. Um, he's really – I would say he's looking – he's turning into one of the more consistent deep threats uh, for the Patriots. I believe he actually is second in the NFL among – I think it's like qual- – I think it's qualified leaders. I'm not sure what the, the, the qualifying part is in this, in this specific uh, scenario, but I wanted to say – qualified anyway um in uh yards per yards per catch yeah i yeah. believe he's actually second behind rob gronkowski uh, so he's, he's probably gonna point. he's probably gonna end up finishing the season number one in that category uh, it's gonna be hard rob gronkowski <laughs> actually finished the season um you know he he was at 21.8 yards i believe of reception um that's that's a pretty tall order but i think you know when you look at it uh, i think over because i think it's just um, something that Rob Gronkowski isn't going to go away from. I think it's more so he has a minimum amount of snaps, not so much percentage-wise of snaps. So I think he'll he'll probably maintain that record, yeah. uh, or at least that mark throughout the rest of the season. And uh, that's just as a tight end, that is ridiculous to be leading the league in a stat like that. But Hogan had a big game Monday night and uh, has been having some big games, but. 
he's been more hard to hard to define but as the season's progressed really over the last four or five weeks Malcolm Mitchell has been pretty much money and Tom Brady's going to him on a regular occasion and, you and um, obviously when we're looking then Russell to your pick a uh, key take takeaway from uh, week 14 yeah and and first I'll say you know Doug said he was in with the the New England media um I'm from Western Mass uh so that I know that's uh an a an especially fierce group of people. Um, so I, I just do want to know, you know, what was the vibe from the media? Cause I, I listen to the radio and, and all that. And I know around here is like extra fierce, you know? Yeah. I, I would say that it, it's funny. I, I would say that when you, when you think about fierce media, there's, there's definitely a few people you could point to. Um, Oh God, you know, Tony Maserati, there's uh, Mike Felger, there's Dan mm. Shaughnessy. Uh, I don't think any of them were at the game, luckily. Otherwise, it might have been a little more uh, <laughs> rowdy. But it, it was um, – th- there were definitely some characters there that, um, you know, it, the place was certainly uh, – I guess I'll use your word electric a little bit throughout the night, especially when <laughs> the big plays happened. Uh, one in particular I'll say is um, after Cyrus Jones, um, I think after he had fumbled uh, – the or actually helped the the Ravens get to the three yard line after he botched that uh, kick or punt return. Um, a lot of people were 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 throwing up in arms. Why why the hell is he back out there on kick return mm. uh, when Baltimore had scored? And uh, that was that was a funny moment. I, I think it, it, there was probably that's the only thing that that was in unison all night uh, between the the Baltimore and the uh, New England media. But uh, it, it was definitely it, it wasn't quiet in there. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd say my my one takeaway from the week is actually something that's been building for quite a few weeks, which is that Marquise Lee is officially a thing, and uh, I'm 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 pretty excited about it because I sat there for the first two years like totally confused about this guy that I loved so much at USC, just not really producing anything, and obviously had multiple injuries. But what I think we're seeing is a a fully healthy Marquise Lee really, you know, he's not better than Allen Robinson. Obviously, Allen Robinson getting the, you know, top matchups from the secondaries every week. But I, I think we're really seeing a player emerge in his third season that, you know, he's going to be a factor going forward. And, I mean, he he's, you know, on pace for 950 to, you know, 1,000 yards right now. And if he finishes the season strong, I mean, year three breakout for Marquise Lee. Yeah, he's had a he's had a couple of nice games here down the stretch, and as a Allen Robinson owner in multiple leagues, uh, I certainly know that he, he is a thing right now. Um, I, I've been impressed with what he's done. I was kind of like you coming out. I thought he was going to be you know a huge talent, and we were all surprised uh, you know that first year as to how Allen Robinson developed ahead of him. So it's um, interesting to see how that's shaken out. Uh, one of the big takeaways I had this past week was um, obviously how much uh, Le'Veon Bell just continues to ball out. I mentioned a few weeks ago on the show. Uh, about David Johnson was the one player I wished I owned on more teams this season but over the last three weeks since I mentioned that just the way Le'Veon Bell has been playing and pretty much if you end up against him in fantasy this past week you lost um, he's somebody who I don't own in many leagues due to he had the suspension coming into it and he was still going relatively high but I think anyone that took him is absolutely delighted with where they're at at the moment is he somebody that you either owned or went up against this week Russell? I had him in one uh, league, my home league, actually. So I, I luckily survived there uh, with starting a bunch of other terrible players. So that was good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, y- you face him too, and you just look at the box score, and you just can close your laptop at like 4 p.m. You're like, oh, yeah. I guess I guess I'm done here. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's that's my Sunday then. 
What about you, Doug? Did you uh, avoid Le'Veon Bell this week? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was lucky that I didn't have to go up against him. and, and Actually, I did in one <laughs> league, but I was already out of playoff contention, I believe. At least that's um, some relief. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but uh, he he's just ridiculous. And something I point out, just for reference sake, a few days ago, he's still technically an unrestricted free agent after the season. Yeah, I, I fully expect that Pittsburgh will sign him, but it can't hurt that he's doing something like this. It's only driving up his value, and there will be teams that will mortgage their future for him, I think. But I still expect him to be with the Steelers, but this is just ridiculous uh, the type of production he's putting up. And, and I think he's on pace for, like, I think he has, like, 150 yards uh uh, from scrimmage per game right now or something like that it's just he, he's ridiculous this season yeah he's basically getting the wide receiver catches per game he's getting kind of eight to ten catches per game and then he's obviously getting all those uh, rushes as well and so i just love watching him so patient behind the line and uh, sometimes you nearly think he's too patient but he uh, he's really having a sensational run here because the steelers offense you know we thought you know talking a lot about antonio brown and big ben and they just they haven't been putting up the same amount of points with Bell seems to be getting all the action right there. Uh, running through mine is kind of a lot of QB stinkers this week. A lot of people be kind of cursing their quarterbacks uh, as they left the fantasy playoffs uh, this past week. Drew Brees with another uh, very tough game for him. Uh, Russell Wilson throwing. I think he ended up with five interceptions against the Packers. Dak Prescott had a tough week, and then Philip Rivers had a, a tough one as well. So a lot of a lot of tough weeks for quarterbacks. But let's see if you're still in the playoffs how they can bounce back. And obviously, if you're not in the playoffs uh, perfect time to dig up DFS and I'm sure Russ will hit us with some of uh, his takes maybe on quarterback as we go through the show but a new start in the show obviously and that is that Michael Floyd who was arrested uh, I think it was Monday morning for a DUI has been cut uh, by the Arizona Cardinals recording this on Wednesday and he was cut today obviously a free agent at the end of the season and uh, you know, I didn't expect the Cardinals to, to take him back uh, next season but I think the market was still going to be quite open for somebody who has shown in the past that uh, in stretches he can have uh, big runs of performances but I think that um, the key takeaway from this is probably that JJ Nelson is going to get a lot more work uh, moving forward is he somebody that you'd be looking at this week um, Russell? So quickly on Michael Floyd, before we head on, um, you know, his career, obviously, with the DUI this week, him and Justin Blackman were the first two receivers off the board in the 2012 uh, NFL draft. And, you know, you think about the talent both of those players have. It's it's really unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think everyone can pretty much agree that Michael Floyd has a lot of talent. Uh, hopefully he figures out figures it out this offseason because he was a heck of a prospect as well. Um, but as far as this week, I mean, they're facing the Saints. So I think I think you have to at least be intrigued. By J.J. Nelson, uh, it seems like John Brown has kind of seeded the uh, second wide receiver spot for whatever reason. Um, so I think Nelson is in play. But I think we should also be careful with the lack of, you know, actual usage he's getting. Obviously scored two touchdowns on on three touches last yeah. week. Long so, touchdowns, too, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, really, if I'm attacking with the Cardinals, I want to go with Fitzgerald and David Johnson and maybe have Carson Palmer. But... I mean, he's certainly, you know, a tournament flyer that you could take a chance on. Yeah, I'm kind of, with the Cardinals as the season went on, I was very, very high on John Brown coming into the season. I own him 
in so many leagues I traded up for him in so many dynasty leagues and it just obviously hasn't worked out for whatever reason whether it's the sickle cell he's had the hamstring issues he's just not been uh, you know it kind of spell from I think it was week maybe two to week four or five where he started to get an uptick in targets and uptick in catches and it looked like maybe he was going to start to take off but it just hasn't happened uh, Carson Palmer hasn't had a, a great season obviously we all know that but it's kind of David Johnson or Larry Fitzgerald for me in that offense and you know it's it's a really it's a dart throw if you're going with uh, JJ Nelson, but certainly with Michael Floyd out of the picture, it certainly helps him. I, I still wouldn't be able to to put my trust in uh, John Brown this week anyway, even with that situation. A um, couple of questions uh, and on Twitter, one I'm going to start off with, and I'll let Doug take a shot at it first, and then I'll get uh, to you, Russell. Um, obviously, something I'm not too keen on I've tried to eliminate from as many leagues as I can that I'm involved in as kickers and DSTs kind of the talk comes up always at this time of year and uh, this last week Atlanta dropped uh, 30 points as a DST uh, with those touchdowns they picked up uh, Carolina I think had under around 20 points so some of them putting up quarterback numbers are even better uh, is kickers and DST something that you think Doug uh, should be eliminated or is it something that you you like to have in your leagues oh god um <laughs> it's funny um if you win, you like I, them. If you I, lose, you don't like them. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I think that, I, I think that, you know, I think if anything, um, you know, I, I like that the proponent that there's defenses there. Um, I know this is probably separate from the question, but I'd probably say if I, I, I liked anything to do with defenses, I would probably prefer IDPs. Yeah. Um, with kickers, um, I think kickers is a, li- a little bit easier, but I still think that both, for me, I, I have a league that I run, and I actually kept out kickers and punters um, in both of them. Um, I think that I would be more in favor of maybe adding an extra running back spot or adding yeah, a one or two yeah. extra flex spots yeah. um, as opposed to a, a kicker in, in a, a DSC. Um, that's just for me because I think that, I mean, they have their part in fantasy football. I just personally think that, for me, it's a little hard to do, um, and I, I'd rather, again, if I had to fill those spots, I'd probably say with, with probably offensive players. That's just me, at least. Yeah, and this year in particular, with even the, the PATs um, being yeah. missed at such a rate, and uh, obviously, um, you know, field goals have been, seem to have been missed at more of an alarming rate <laughs> this past season as well. Um, I just think that, you know, it's, it's a tough one. I, there's a lot, of, a lot of leagues that I've been involved in, I've seen people lose but, you know, one or two points, and that could be down to a kicker missing an extra, uh, an extra point and having a minus point. Uh, so is it, what do you think, Russ? There's some nostalgic charm to kicker and defense, and I actually would say, you know, there is a little nuance to um, picking your kicker every week and, and you know, sometimes the defenses as well. Uh, for dynasty formats, I'm much more in favor of, you know, subtracting those two and just adding two more flex spots. Uh, but you know, in redraft, you know, in your home local leagues, I- I'm I'm okay with it. I think it's it's a fun little little thing. Um, but if you're seriously going for you know who can score the most points, you know, skill based type of game, then yeah, I'd want to eliminate eliminate them for two flex spots. So um, <laughs> uh, we're going to run. I'm just going to peel back the curtain here for a moment uh, after that little talk about DST and uh, kickers. We had slight technical issues. Hopefully we're up and running now and the two guys can hear me. Thanks to me living in Ireland, sometimes the internet connection can be pretty crappy, but uh, hopefully it will run through for the rest of the show. Uh, Ryan Tannehill sprained his left ACL and MCL, an injury that's going to keep him out for the rest of the season. Obviously Matt Moore is not going to be an upgrade there for Miami. Uh, just uh, Russ first, uh, what do you think of the, the situation there for the, the Miami offense?
offense rest of season. We've seen some kind of glimpses of Devontae Parker. Obviously, JJ has been running the ball quite well behind that offensive line, but I think there's there's no doubt it's gonna it's gonna hurt those guys. Yeah, it's certainly going to hurt. Uh, you know, Matt Moore isn't the worst backup quarterback you could have. So him coming in, I think he can sort of manage the team. Yeah. Obviously hurts a team that, you know, is is on a major um, positive streak in there. You know, the last five or so years, this is probably one of the better streaks they've had. So kind of unfortunate there. I'll be interested to see how they do run the passing game, whether they kind of go back to that Jarvis Landry dump down type of, um, thing they'd been doing the past few years, yeah. or if they kind of go to the more downfield, Kenny Stills, you know, Devontae Parker every once in a while move. Um, but if I were to guess, I mean, I'd think they'd start going back to Landry and relying on, relying on Ajayi. Yeah, that's what I kind of think it'll go to that short passing game again. We'll see a lot of targets peppered in there. Um, Doug, um, obviously been in the same division as the Patriots. Do you see uh, much of a shake-up here? Obviously, as well, they were on, I think they were on a six-game one-in run, then they lost uh, two weeks ago to the Ravens, and they won again last week. But uh, how do you see them going now the rest of the way? Do you think they still have a, a, kind of an outside playoff chance, or do you think they're, they're done without Tannehill? Um, I, think it was, I think it was a long shot. Um for them to, to make the playoffs. Um, you know, I think when you look at this team, I think uh, the biggest thing for them was their their injuries on defense that, that were catching up with them. Uh, they lost Rashad Jones. Um, and then, you know, they they dealt with um, Kiko Alonso being out. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think that just depth issues really showed then. And I think they were pretty top-heavy in certain positions. And, um I just think that teams figured out basically how the the Dolphins were running more of a, a run based offense mm-hmm. behind Jay Ajayi, <laughs> and uh, at last, it, 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 just for for reference sake, Russ, there's a it's a running joke that I struggle with some running backs names. Oh, oh, I see. The play for the Dolphins. Ajayi, I think I what I call him Ajayi. Ajayi. Or, no, Ajayi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, the Jaya, um, so I, I think that just I think teens really understood what their game plan was. You know, he caught fire for a few weeks, uh, Ajaye, and then he, you know, sort of, I guess he settled in at a, at a, you know, what his consistent production was, and and I just think that obviously without Tannehill, I think any team losing their starting quarterback is is going to be worse for wear. Uh, but I think that the Dolphins were fighting an uphill battle to get a number of, uh, to get a wild card spot. So no, I, I don't think they'll make the playoffs unless they make some miraculous run with, with one of my favorite quarterbacks uh, because I think he's cool. And maybe it's because we have the same last name, but I don't think they make the playoffs with, with uh, Matt Moore. No. It, it's definitely because you have the yeah, same it was last just, name. I just thought the exact same thing. That's the only I, I think he's just, But he's been like old reliable. That's the thing. It's like, I, I remember watching uh, just to go off topic for a second, uh, Blue Mountain State. And, and I remember the, on the first episode they say the best job in the world is a backup quarterback. And in Matt Moore's good. case, I think he would attest to it. I, I think if you can get the job and get it long term, it's definitely a nice role to have and get those nice paychecks as well. Then the problem is look at Matt Castle. Yeah. He had he had one good season. He got a lot of money and then reverted back to what he usually was was a a, a barely passable. 
you know, backup quarterback. Yeah, let's talk so, about yeah, let's talk about Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn had uh, one good game against the Detroit Lions and <laughs> got twenty million dollars. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's quite good if you can get it. The problem is then when you have to go out on the field and, and play. But you know, I think it's going to obviously there'll be I think there'll be a heavy dose of the run game, and I think Landry is also going to get an uptick here. It's going to be uh, one that we'll we'll see this week. I, I think it's very hard. Probably if you have a Jay, you're going to start him this week. Uh, but outside of him and Landry, it's very hard to start any of these Dolphins uh, in a playoff week as well, unless you're stuck in that position. Somebody who is not likely to play this week is Melvin Garden of the San Diego Chargers. They have just had injury after injury this season. Uh, he got rolled up on this past week and uh, hurt his hip and his knee. He's classed his day today, but uh, I would expect him to miss this week. Um, you know, if he does miss uh, this week, do you think that Kenneth Farrow, somebody who got extra snaps last week after the injury, could possibly be a running back too against the Raiders' defense? Uh, they've been giving up quite a bit of points to running backs, or is it just something to, to stay away from? Um, so I have a lot of thoughts on this topic, actually. I'm a big Melvin Gordon guy. Uh, obviously, you know, you talk about going against Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I, I was instead went the inverse way and I just had Melvin Gordon, you know, so that, that was kind of the, the opposite there. Um, but for Kenneth Farrow, I, I kind of feel like, you know, the hype around him has been starting. Um, and I sort of feel like it died early in the season. A lot of people that didn't like Melvin Gordon were kind of like, Hey, Kenneth Farrow's here. And uh, I kind of feel like now that the injury finally happened, they're like, hey, Kenneth Farrow, and hoping that he produces so yeah. they can say Melvin Gordon was not good. Um, but, you know, I, I just look at Kenneth Farrow's uh, college profile, you know, the type of player he was at Houston, uh, kind of a, a zone read type of runner. Uh, I, I didn't see that much in terms of him being an NFL prospect. Obviously, you love the matchup and you love the volume he was getting last week. Uh, but I kind of think, and we might get into this guy a little later in the show, but I kind of think a guy like uh, Bilal Powell is someone that is much more interesting to yeah. me or or Jarek McKinnon uh, if Adrian Peterson doesn't suit up because he's absolutely Superman. Yeah, obviously Peterson as well. Um, for the listeners maybe they haven't checked in that he is uh, you know back practicing as of Wednesday um, you know he, he's on that IR designated to return we'll see if he's activated unlikely to happen this week but keep an eye on it maybe worth a, a stash ahead of next week uh, you know if you think you're going to get to the final and you are having trouble at RB uh, I'm just looking through the notes I've down here and pretty much every one of them seems to, to be injury related so last week was pretty tough week all around the NFL somebody who did get injured and placed on injured reserve after hurting his shoulder this week was Vance McDonald tight end for the San Francisco 49ers and on Saturday he signed a five-year $35 million extension with the, the 49ers so uh, quite good timing there for him on getting a signature on that piece of paper. Uh, moving on you mentioned Belial Powell there a minute ago obviously last week had a, had a monster game um, against the 49ers they were kind of in comeback mode from the very start of that one but then Matt Forte got hurt and anytime you hear players and they heard cracking and popping in their knee it's never a good sign. He had an MRI Seems as well to be day-to-day, and, you know, I, w- I thought he would definitely miss out this week, and I was expecting, you know, uh, a lot of people to be on Bilal Powell, but we'll see how uh, Forte goes as the week progresses. I would still say it's less than 50%, in my opinion, that he probably suits up this week, but we'll see what happens. But Forte, or Bilal Powell, last week with uh, 29 carries for 145 yards and two touchdowns. I think if you're, uh, particularly in PPR leagues, he's getting that work anyway, but if... Uh, if Forte, I just want to get your opinion, Russ, if he does suit up, if Forte does suit up, or if Forte doesn't suit up, uh, where would you be kind of ranking him this week uh, for Powell, uh, for Powell in particular? 
Yeah, I, I love Powell this week. I mean, I know the matchup isn't as good as last one, uh, but if Forte does sit, I'm, I'm really excited about him. I think he's definitely a running back one this week. Uh, you kind of look at what he did at the end of last year, yeah. and, you know, he ended the season with three touchdowns in his last four games. I, was, had I, over five. I have him in a lot, a lot, a lot of leagues, and, um, you know, it's just uh, yeah. it didn't start off the way I had thought this year, but it might finish off that way. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. So I, I like him going forward. I think, you know, the Jets are really looking for answers right now. He has kind of been a consistently good player for them over the season. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he sees 15 to 20 touches. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be surprised if, if Forte plays as well, you know? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be surprised. But um, a few times this season I've uh, plugged in uh, Powell and it just hasn't worked out. Then I've left him on my bench a number of times and he's uh, had a nice week. So we'll see this week. It's going to be hard to, to trust him as well. But if Forte sits, I think he is one of those plug-and-play RB2s. Uh, if you need help at the running back position, I'm sure he's still on the waiver wire uh, in a number of leagues as well. And some people, you know, when you're down to four teams at this stage, some people mightn't be... Uh, obviously concentrating if they're if they're out of the playoffs in particular they definitely won't be looking at the waiver wire so you might be able to snatch up somebody like that uh doug i'm going to get your thoughts here on a player that was benched this past week that's kelvin benjamin uh, he was responsible for a pass that was picked off and it was pretty much that he, he gave up on his attempt to, to try and break it up i know you know he probably thought he wasn't going to catch it but we've seen this a couple of times this season seen it as well uh, against the kansas city chiefs but the play was taken back for a penalty against the Chiefs, so he was uh, set sat down uh, for for part of that game this week, and uh, he had one catch for eleven yards at that stage. He has eight catches for one hundred and thirty eight yards over the last four weeks, and he's likely to be facing Josh Norman this upcoming week for the Redskins. I think he's somebody just with the, the way the Panthers' offense has been going this year too, as somebody who you can no longer trust and. I'm just wondering, will you trust him uh, this week? I think the answer is probably no on that one. But long term, how do you see this shaking out? Obviously, with uh, Benjamin there and Funchess, you know, going to be a year more experienced. How do you see his long term outlook with the the Panthers? Yeah, and the 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 one thing I was going to point out is it's just this Panthers offense. It's it's struggled a lot when you compare it to last season. I know that there's been uh, multiple injuries to their offensive line. and, you know, they just haven't had a consistent amount of, um, you know, production out of their playmakers other than uh, Greg Olson, I would say. Um, and it's crazy because they were a lot more successful last year with, you know, without Benjamin. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there's, you know, obviously I'm not, I'm not saying that, that it's not co- a, that it's not because of him. But um, I just think that, you know, maybe he came back too soon. I think that was something that was said earlier. In regards to his knee, but yeah, he he's just somebody that you can't trust. This this Panthers offense, Cam Newton even is struggling a lot. Terrible. Um, yeah. And uh, you know he he was you know the MVP last year, yeah. and he's not even a guy that you might start in in twelve team leagues. Um, he's just been that bad, and I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to be optimistic about a guy who has so much issues with with um, effort. Um, with coaching and also has a quarterback who's struggling throwing to him as well. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to trust him, especially when you, you look at Josh Norman, who I think could be one of the, is one of the, the best uh, cover corners in the league. So, yeah, I, 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 don't, I, I do not trust uh, him there. Um, Russell, obviously, uh, Doug mentioned Cam Newton, and over, I think it's over the last four games he's completed less than 50% uh, of his passes, and he's, he's had a real struggle this season after obviously being the MVP last year. And for me, he's somebody I own in quite a few dynasty leagues. He has um, a lot of uh, ability to run the ball, obviously, but 
without that rushing ability, uh, how concerned are you about how Cam Newton has played uh, this season? Yeah, I, I think uh, with Cam, you know, he's going to have inconsistent streaks. Um, I mean, two years ago, he was he really struggled with some injuries for most of the season yeah. and turned it on at the end of the year. Last year, obviously, the MVP season. Uh, but I, I think this was just a down year for him. Tough scheduling. Uh, you know, his division's getting a lot better. Um, the defenses are finally getting, you know, to be at least reasonable. So... You know, I, I don't question Cam after this year. I think it's just you 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 toss it into the ocean as a, a bad year last year. But, uh, I, you know, it, it's certainly something we have to take into account going forward in, in his range of outcomes. And he's not just going to be this guy that throws, you know, 35 touchdowns every year. Yeah, and I, I just I, I mentioned that he's completing less than 50%. I just see that it's actually 42.9% he's completing over the last four games, which obviously isn't what you want from your quarterback. Uh, moving on now to uh, another injury. Uh, probably talked a little bit less about this, was Dante Moncrief. Uh, he hurt his hamstring. He's had a, a couple of hamstring kind of setbacks this season after coming back from that uh, scapula issue that he had early in the year. Um, he said, uh, you know, I should have gotten touchdowns when he's gotten a kind of a regular basis this season while he has played uh, out of those touchdowns he hasn't really getting the yards ty hilton's obviously having a, a monster year here uh, andrew luck this uh, as of today did not practice shoulder and elbow issues he's expected to play but moncrief i think is somebody that you uh, really can't trust as we head in to this week of the playoff just with that hamstring hamstrings are something that are obviously really concerning uh Anytime they step on the field, there's always a chance of that reoccurring setback, and you don't want to end up with that uh, zero if it happens quite early in the game. But outside of uh, T.Y. Hilton this week for the Colts and Andrew Luck, is there anyone else that you might be uh, taking a shot on, Russ? Uh, I've wanted to say Philip Dorsett all year, uh, but they just don't—they just don't seem to be putting him in a role that's you know fantasy relevant so while I, I do like his talent eventually no I, I mean you look at Jack Doyle if if Moncrief's out but beyond that I think it's just Hilton and and try to get luck in there but it's kind of a tough matchup this week as well yeah I'm going to run through some injuries just that I've up in front of me here at the moment as well some guys uh, some of them expected to play this week some of them just missing out in practice getting some rest but Michael Crabtree's finger uh, injury he has uh, practiced on Wednesday Michael Thomas got an unlimited practice for the Saints uh, which is good news for him. It looks positive. Sam Bradford of the Minnesota Vikings got a, a limited practice in there as well. Matt Forte, as I mentioned earlier, isn't practicing. is uh, a torn meniscus, which he believes he's been playing with all season. So, you know, obviously shows the toughness from his side of it, but we'll see what what happens. He's expected to be a game-time decision. And that game, actually, I didn't mention at the time, is this Saturday. So we have a Saturday game. So make sure, obviously, uh, Thursday night have a lineup. And I actually, uh, you know, with the Saturday game, you need to make sure you have that switched in as well. Uh, CJ Fedorowicz has a concussion. He didn't practice Wednesday, so stay tuned. Uh, a lot of people have been playing him at tight end this season. He's been getting quite a lot of uh, targets in that Texans offense. So make sure you check out all those injuries as we come towards game time this week. Next topic up is Isaiah Crowell. has his best game uh, in quite some time. Uh, 10 uh, rushes for 113 yards. But you know, with the way the Browns have been playing this season, I was very surprised that he actually got back on track. RG3 didn't have a good game, although he did have a rushing touchdown. Uh, it's hard really to have any uh, confidence in this Browns offense uh, as we go forward. But how do you see uh, things going this week, Doug, for the Browns? Are you, are you confident in suiting up any of those guys as we head into the, the fantasy playoffs here for the, the semifinals? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm confident all in, yeah. in all of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, I would. Um, you know, I mean, is how much is Hugh Jackson on DraftKings? Because I'll throw him <laughs> in there at tight end. Uh, no, no, I would. Um, no, I, I, I'm not confident. I think this was really just a, a fluke week. Um, and usually when you want to say fluke week, it's it's when someone has a bad game. Uh, but in this case, Isaiah Crowell had a, a fluke week when he had a good game. Um, there's just, oh God, there's just not, there's nothing to like. No. There's nothing to like there. And, and it's a shame because, you know, guys like Duke Johnson, Terrell Pryor, Corey Coleman, they're all so talented. But then you look and you're like, oh, but RG3's their quarterback. Oh. And, and you just realize that they're all going to suck. Fun, uh, fun times. No, I, yeah, no, uh, no, I do not trust him or anybody else. Yeah, and I think the Browns are probably hoping to. I know they would, don't want to be that team that goes 0 and 16, but they they want to get that. I think they prefer it yeah, at this point. Well, they want to get that first overall pick and then it, you know start to build again. So I well, think, no, because they'll throw a parade. Yeah. Whoop whoop! <laughs> They're gonna throw a parade. If they go 0-16, I'll be like, hey, I want to go to a parade. <laughs> like, I'll be a part of a parade. Like, at least if you're going to be, if you're going to, you know, be losing this badly, why not, you know, at least make a mark out of it? If you're going to get a parade, so I don't get parades. I would love a parade. It, uh, it took thirty. It took around thirty minutes, but now, Doug, we can feel the energy and the excitement in your voice as we talk about mm-hmm. the the and six. Like I said, I'm, I'm a fine wine. I get better <laughs> as I get older. As, as I gotten progress, progressing into the show, and I, I should really be speaking about getting older because I'm so old. But uh, yeah, no, just you got to give me some time here. You got to. It's like a. It's like a it's like a generator, like oh. when you're you're powered by bike. You I know, Doug, you I know, I, I know what I'm getting you to end the season. <laughs> this holiday season, all we need to get Doug is a, a book on uh, metaphors and uh, you know sayings because I think you've got them all mixed up through each other. We'll <laughs> you need a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the fine wine one was probably misplaced there. And, um... <laughs> we're, we're you you were lighting the candle on the romantic evening yeah. um, with your wine. Yeah, yeah. when we talk about yeah. The and, and 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 as calm knows, my my girlfriend is is sometimes listening, uh, or is sometimes here listening to me babble. Let's uh, that hope is she's not, not listening. Yeah, let's hope she's not listening this time. <laughs> no, no, she she is not right now. No. But uh, no, the other thing I want to find out in this, and I'll get you your opinion on this, Russ. Obviously, there's been talk this kind of last week and a half of Tyrod Taylor possibly getting benched for the Buffalo Bills, and something that. I, I don't think he's been playing all that bad. He hasn't had any real, you know, real, real stinkers games. Um, but he has missed some wide open throws at times. But obviously, there's a, a lot going on with his contract situation this off season. Owed quite a, a huge chunk of money if uh, they do keep him on the roster this year. Um, obviously, heading into the playoffs, I think I'd be pretty confident uh, rolling him out there this week against the Browns. He, he is going to play this week, according to, to Rex Ryan. But have you been surprised at you know the talk of uh, you know them possibly benching him at this point of the season? Uh, that's a little surprising to me. You kind of just figure they finish out the year with him. They're not really in the playoff hunt. So, uh, you know, I, I understand a benching, but he hasn't played bad enough to deserve a benching, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, in the in this game, if he's going to play, uh, you got to love this matchup. You yeah. got to love Sammy Watkins. Uh, you got to love LaShawn McCoy. All so the, all I, the bells. I mean, play all the bells. Yeah, I, I obviously you know McCoy is is the prize there, but I think I think you can certainly get away with playing uh, Tyrod and you know a two QB or you know if you're desperate for a quarterback, I think he could get you you know a touchdown or two in the passing game. 
two topics just to, to hit here as we we move on is uh, the Broncos backfield and the Eagles backfield. First up, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Wendell Smallwood will miss the rest of the season after spraining his MCL against Washington. Uh, Darren Sproles got a, a real big hit. Uh, you know, suffered a concussion on special teams. Uh, I haven't seen that was one of the hardest hits I've seen uh, in the league in quite some time. We all know Sproles mm. is quite a you know height wise is quite diminutive, so that looked extremely sore. He's in the concussion protocol. Kenyon Barner and Ryan Matthews are going to handle the majority of the work this week against Baltimore. And Baltimore's run defense has been really tough. Then I'm going to go and talk about the uh, Broncos backfield. Uh, Devontae Booker nor Justin Forsett were good against the Titans. Uh, they combined for 46 yards and 14 touches. And you know Forsett even out uh, out touched Booker eight to four in that. So that's that's not a good sign for Booker. And you know. At the time, uh, last offseason, a lot of people were talking him up ahead of C.J. Anderson as possibly somebody who would steal the job from him. Then during the season, there was word about it. But C.J. Anderson, since he's gone down, we've seen how much this Broncos team has struggled to run the ball. They faced the Patriots this week. So between the two of them, there's uh, a kind of few running back scenarios, uh, who could play and who could start. But they both face two uh, defenses this week that they're probably not going to be getting all that uh, much success again against. Is there any of those guys? Uh, first, I'll go to Russ and then I'll get Doug's thoughts. Uh, any of those guys that you'd be interested in starting this week or stay clear of all of them? So I will start by saying I'm staying clear of both of them. But it, in terms of the Eagles, real quickly, um, a player that I really liked uh, around draft time as a prospect was Byron Marshall. Uh, he is a running back slash wide receiver from Oregon. Um, he came out this year, was an undrafted free agent. They called him up this week. Uh, so he should be getting at least a few snaps between Barner and Matthews. He is a guy that I would at least pay attention to as a guy that could, um, emerge at least at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, as far as, as far as these two running back situations, it's, uh, it's pretty ugly. Yeah, it's diving pretty deep there. We'll see if he gets uh, his name called this week and see if he can put up any points. Uh, Doug, any thoughts to add to that? Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, with the Eagles, yeah, they're they're a hot mess, and um, yeah, no, I'm I'm not um, I, I don't trust Ryan Matthews uh, or anybody else. I'm worried if I look at Ryan Matthews, he'll hurt something. Um, <laughs> his collarbone again, yeah, yeah, or his knee somehow, um, or I don't know, maybe his finger, maybe that'll be the next thing. Um, and and the Broncos, yeah, I, I actually have it up here. So it's funny over the past one two three, four, five, six games, the Patriots have given up only two touchdowns to opposing running backs, and they're both receiving touchdowns. Um, in regards to uh, no rushing touchdowns since week eight. Uh, since week eight. Uh, and then they've also given up only uh, 50 yards or more rushing twice to opposing running backs. Uh, so I, I, I don't like this. At all, I think that the the Patriots defense, after you know they they resettled in after trading Jamie Collins and, and finally figuring out roles, you know, in some regards, and I can't believe I'm saying this, in some regards, Kyle Van Noy and Shane McClellan are stepping up, and I never thought I would say that, and and maybe hopefully they're not listening. Um, I don't. They probably aren't I, listening. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you never know. You never know. Um, but yeah, no, I think once they've settled in, I think this defense is really. Uh, buckled down, especially in the run game, uh, run defense, and uh, yeah, they're they're not doing they're they're not giving up a lot to running backs. So I would say no, and then just based off the matchup, and and uh, I still love Booker. 
Um, I still hold out hope. He's only a rookie, but he is an older rookie, and he's really not done well. But then again, neither did Melvin Gordon last year. So I'll say that for whatever it's worth, um, who I also liked a lot last year. Um, and look how he turned out. I hope you're yeah. listening, Booker. Um, and, uh, yeah, I no, don't I think he's listening that. either. <laughs> he, he's listening. I know he's listening. He um, might be tuning in. Can you yeah, believe he, what Doug he, he Moore said? Tuning, about what, what else to do on a Wednesday night? I'm going to listen to Overtime Ireland. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I, I would say that, yeah, I don't like either of these. these uh, I guess the summarize, yeah, no, no. So in a, in a short way, Doug, no? Um, no. Yeah, no. No. Uh, just that uh, before we finish up, uh, a few fun topics to talk about. Obviously, I mentioned earlier Le'Veon Bell. Uh, talking about fantasy MVPs as we get close to the end of the season. Uh, Ross, who has been your uh, fantasy MVP? Or is there any one or two names you aren't decided on that you want to throw out there? Oh, well, my personal one is Melvin Gordon. But I don't think it's any question that David Johnson is, uh, you know, he really brought it home for his owners this year for sure. Yeah. I think uh, if you're going on consistency from playing from week one the entire way through, I think there, there's no doubt about it. He's pretty much uh, has a, a very, very solid floor and an extremely high ceiling. Which yeah, sometimes unbelievable. Is, yeah. And then I think Le'Veon Bell, since he's come back, has been so super consistent. But I think just as, you know, if you lost them first four weeks, it might not have been enough to get you to the playoffs. Uh, Doug, who are you seeing there as your uh, fantasy MVP? Matt Jones. Um... <laughs> Rob <laughs> Kelly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Rob Kelly just because he he finally made people realize how bad Matt Jones was. Um, but um, that that's a tough question. I think David Johnson's a really good one. I, I think especially consistency wise, I think he's had at least 100 yards from scrimmage every game this season, which when you think about it is crazy. crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, Le'Veon Bell is another good one. Um, oh boy, I'm trying to think. I would say Julio Jones, but he's been inconsistent. Ah. He's put up some terrific numbers when he's been on the field. But he's he's dealt with injuries. Mike he Evans could have been in that category, maybe. Mike Evans, mm. after you know a, a sophomore season of drops and lack of touchdown production, um, yeah, there, there's not a lot of guys. I, I think it's been an ugly year for fantasy. You mentioned, personally. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Melvin Garden and a few of the MFL ten leagues I'm in. I just it wasn't somebody I targeted going into the season. I ended up with him in quite a few leagues, and any of the leagues that I'm going very well, and he's somebody who has uh, saved my bacon this season because a lot of leagues that I got him and I took uh, Todd Gurley in that first round and then uh, obviously that hasn't worked out and uh, later on uh, uh, later on I picked yeah. later on I picked oh, up Garden and that's that's helped a lot. Oh yeah, the god, yeah, that's oh god, yeah. The pain oh, is real. Uh, yeah, I, I have Todd Gurley in one of my leagues and and um yeah, that's that's um I I I yeah I I I'm not happy about that. Um, uh, but I, I another guy I would actually throw out there is Lashawn McCoy. Um, just looking mm. at his numbers, he's put up some ridiculous numbers. I think um, over the course of the season, uh, and, and and I I will throw this out as a caveat. Most players, Ooh, if they have a straight hamstring, won't play, or some don't play if yeah. if uh, they hurt themselves. Lashawn McCoy had surgery on his thumb after I think he dislocated it. Yeah, and still played the next week. Which he, he's MVP in my book because of that. Um, but looking at his stats, he almost he has almost fifteen hundred yards from scrimmage in fourteen, actually in uh, twelve games. Uh, no, I'm sorry, he has uh, just under. Uh, oh God, now my math's all wrong. He has over thirteen, just under thirteen hundred yards this season and eleven total touchdowns in twelve games. Um, which, when you think about, it, is over hundred yards from scrimmage and uh, just about a touchdown per game. So I, I think he's another guy who. When he's on the field, has done a lot. 
Um, and again, I, I think the unspoken thing is he's the true, as, as Kevin Durant put it, the true MVP. I, I would put him in that category. And him, Le'Veon Bell, and David Johnson have to be in there for running backs. You mentioned Melvin Garden. Somebody who, you know, you're taking Melvin Garden in that eighth round range probably to start the season. Somebody who you're getting pretty much for free. And I, as a Green Bay Packers fan, wasn't on him. Uh, you know, I, I thought that Ty Montgomery had the opportunity to become that third wide receiver. Little did we know that the guy I'm going to mention was going to go on to become the second, possibly the 1A or the 1B wide receiver for the Packers this year, and that's Devontae Adams. I think going on draft uh, capital that you had invested him in this year to be potentially a league winner, I think he's uh, he's had an absolutely phenomenal season that pretty much none of us seen coming. <laughs> No, I, I don't think any any of us could have seen it coming after uh Even the truthers after didn't last see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> no. I they think all, everyone had kinda, you know. Yeah, gosh. There was some tough times for Devontae, but I mean I believe he's wide receiver eight in PPR this year, which is that's just incredible, you know. Yeah, he's a he's had a really, really solid season and uh, I think that going on draft capital i'd probably have him slotted in there as uh, the best value probably uh, this season and then just there's been a lot of talk over the last few weeks as we get close to the end of the season on the actual nfl mvp tom brady i would imagine is leading most people's uh, cases for that one but is there anybody that uh, jumps to mind that you might think is somebody maybe outside the box out to the terrific tom that might uh, be scraping in there for the actual nfl uh, award uh i i mean i at this point i feel like I kind of have to say Matt Ryan, yeah. but I don't want to say Matt Ryan. I, I I just don't. There's not a world coming into this year that I would have imagined Matt Ryan winning an MVP. So, like, I'm still in disbelief, but, I mean, he, he's putting up a good case right now, I'd say. Yeah, it's a real funny year because there's even, you know, Brady missed those first four games. So there's no real, real standout uh, for it. Uh, the Falcons, though, have scored 70 more points than any team in the NFL this season. It's six, six touchdowns uh, this past week against the Rams. And, you know, they, they have been super consistent, super explosive on offense, averaging huge chunks of yards on uh, every play. And I just think that... You know, if you go back through the historic NFL offenses, I think there's only maybe eight offenses that, that have scored more points than them at this stage of the season. So Matt Ryan has to take a, a huge amount of credit for that. And, it, you know, if you're looking at quarterbacks, I think you have them too. But I'm going to go with a homer pick. And if the Packers do get in yes. the playoffs, uh, Rodgers has... Three weeks ago, I'll be honest, Rodgers said he thought we could run the table to finish the season. And I just rolled my eyes. Did not believe it. And... They're just, they've been a, a different animal uh, since that Monday night football game against the Eagles. Uh, so I think if, if they go on to, to you know, win, get win and get into the playoffs and possibly even clinch the division, I know they had a poor start to the year, but I think that he'll be in with a shout because it's just been a really, really strange year. But I think uh, probably in the end of it all, Brady might, Brady might get there because there's still a, an outside chance that the, the Falcons don't get into the playoffs if the thing all goes terrible for them to end the season. Doug, obviously I think your first vote goes for, for Brady, but uh, if there's somebody you can give a second vote to, who are you going with? Um, I think it, it's been crazy to that we're sitting here right now talking about a guy who missed four games. Yes. Um, <laughs> or Le'Veon, <yeah>. or Le'Veon <laughs> Bell. Uh, and and yeah. he is you know being talked about probably by most media outlets as a favorite for MVP. I mean, granted, he just went up against the, the top statistical defense, I think, in total yardage and time for first and, and uh, least amount of points given up uh, this past Monday. And he threw for over 400 yards and three touchdowns against them. It's crazy uh, to see what he's done this season. Um, and even more so, absolutely, Rob Gronkowski a few weeks ago. 
Um, you know, it's funny. I, I'm God. This sounds like a home. This sounds like a homer because I'm such a big fan of his, and he once told me that he loved me. I have proof. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna say Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, yeah, it's he crazy. was crazy. Um, and yeah, it is crazy. Um, uh, but I think when you look at what he's done, and granted, he runs behind a terrific offensive line, and, and you'll hear all the excuses in the world about him. But he leads the league in rushing by over 250 yards. Uh, he's at almost 1,400 yards rushing this season. He, it's realistic. He could hit somewhere around 1,700 yards. Yeah. And I think when you look at, I'm, I'm not even sure, but could he hit 2,000 yards? Uh, I'm looking here. Yeah. So he, if he's right now at over 1,700 yards from, from scrimmage, and 13 touchdowns from, so he's 13 touchdowns in 13 games and over 1,700 yards from scrimmage. That's, that's it is crazy. possible. Hmm. That's that crazy for a rookie. Two thousand, yeah, crazy for a rookie. Crazy for a running back. Whatever way you want to put it, he could go for over two hundred. Uh, I'm sorry, two thousand yards from scrimmage and 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 come out with uh, almost a touchdown per game, which it could be. And as a rookie and leading this team in such a big turnaround from them not making the playoffs to them maybe being the best team in the NFL this season. And when you also considering they've had to carry the load of that uh, defense that's dealt with depth issues all year and stuff like that. I, I might vote for him. I, I might, I, I, if, if I couldn't vote for Brady. I had him down as a potential one for the, the fantasy MVP, but if you look at what he's done as a rookie, I think you know he's obviously getting the, the rookie of the year, but I think uh, it'll probably go some other way for the overall NFL MVP, but I do think that he's a realistic contender, and I'd probably put him and then Brady and then Ryan in my order because he's just been uh, awesome this year. Um, obviously, before we uh, wrap up, I want to give... A couple of plugs uh, for Russ. He's writing at the moment with Daily Fantasy Cafe. You can find them on Twitter at DF Cafe, and it's all DFS work he's got going over there. I've been plugging. We've had a few DFS guys on over the last couple of weeks, and I've been mentioning that if you are out of the playoffs, if your season is over, it is the perfect time to try out DFS. Russell, as well, is on Twitter at Russell J. Clay. And uh, Russell, just as we wrap up, is there anything you've got? coming out uh, now in the next couple of days for uh, week 15 on uh, Daily Fantasy Cafe you want to give a plug to? Uh, I pretty much go through each position on the site. Some of our stuff is free, um, so I would definitely check it, check that out. Uh, some of our tools, uh, you can get a free um, week um, to sort of work around with all yep. of our stuff, so you should definitely do that, so that's free. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some good stuff going on there, some other good writers as well, so... Uh, definitely, definitely would appreciate you guys checking us out. Yeah, that is DF Cafe. Russ is on Twitter at Russell J Clay. Doug's on Twitter as we all know at Demur NFL. I mentioned earlier the great work he's doing regarding the New England Patriots, and uh, of course I'm on Twitter as well at Overtime Ireland. We'll be back next week, hopefully, to uh, talk to some of you guys that will still be listening in as we head towards the uh, playoff finals. And hopefully, if you're in season-long leagues, maybe there's a bit of cash involved. Maybe you're doing well in those MFL 10s. As I mentioned, obviously, you can't set your lineups, but you can still see the cash roll in. And uh, hopefully, that leaves us all on a happy note to finish the season. But until we're back next week, enjoy the Week 15 action. Good luck on all your games. And me and Doug will be back next week with another guest. Uh, Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.